Wasn't that wonderful preaching? I, uh, I will say this. I do understand that those pews do get hard, and I do understand that hours do get late. I understand that. But I also want to say it's been a long time since we've been able to do this, ain't it? And there's a lot of folks came from a lot of places, drove a lot of places, flew a lot from a lot of places to do this. When it is party time, we probably ought to just enjoy the party because it may be a while before it's party time again. And so if you'll, if you'll let me tonight, I'll preach for just a moment. And uh, I want you to take your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel tonight, 1 Samuel. And uh, the Lord helped us last night, the Lord helped us this morning. And the Lord helped us tonight, and I thank God for it. I needed help, Amen. and I'm glad for all of it that I've received uh, <clears throat> from the Word of God. Uh, I, I, I mean what I'm about to say. Of course, if I wasn't, didn't mean it, I just wouldn't say it. Uh, but I mean what I'm about to say. I, me, I mean it with all my heart. I have, I have well, let me say this before I say what I mean what I'm about to say. I have been in meetings where some of the preaching was really good and some of the preaching was not really good. And uh, if, if, uh, that, if I could have had that sermon and not had that one, I know that sounds terrible. That's bad, ain't it? But what was he talking about? I don't know if he knows what he was talking. It's liable to be the next sermon you hear tonight. It may be just like that. But as of right now... Every sermon I've heard, I'm talking about every sermon I've heard has absolutely been spot on, has been so rich, so deep, so, 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 so to the point. God's helped us with some preaching this week. I don't want to take that for granted tonight. First Samuel and the, let, let's, let's look uh, let's let's look in the twenty second chapter tonight. All right, First Samuel. Uh, well, let's start in the twenty first chapter. First Samuel chapter number uh, chapter number twenty one and the first verse. And uh, I, I want to, with the Lord's help, finish what was started last night. I don't normally do that. Uh, I don't finish half the sermons at my place that I start. And, uh, but I want to finish tonight what I started last night on learning to be loved. And uh, Brother Burton took care of preaching on the learning to be loathed, which is my third message that I'm developing. Still ain't finished with it completely, but he took care of that on his second point for me tonight. Of course, I, say, I don't mean that disrespectfully uh, or anything like that, but... Uh, that's how Christians have to behave when, when, people are, when people are hating them and loathing them and you hadn't done anything wrong, but you've got to be a Christian. Brother, Brother Josh Phillips preached that to us this morning too. When they call you and cuss you and they throw javelins at you and all you're doing is what God has asked you to do, and you got to learn how to love them in spite of that. That's a lesson we have to learn how to. You have to learn how to be hated if you're going to serve God. I, I got. I'm going to make a. 
I don't know if, if you want to call it an announcement or a statement, but if this thing's all about you and can't nobody say anything about you without you always having to defend you, you're not going to go very far in the ministry. You're not going to go very far in church. I, I don't want anybody in here to be out, but if, 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 uh, if you've got to have everybody think highly of you at all times, and if they don't, you've got to run to your own defense, you probably won't be here camp meeting time next year. Because people you love is going to talk about you and people that you don't love is going to talk about you. People who love you is going to talk about you. And people who don't love you is going to talk about you. And if you're going to live for God, then you're just going to have to learn how to be hated and still love God and still honor God and still love them. Uh, I may say this. That's why we're here. Uh, aren't you glad your preacher, let's brag on the preacher for a minute, aren't you, aren't you glad your preacher hadn't said to you everything you've said to him? Hey, some folks got liberty to say stuff to me, but boy, if I ever come back with that same liberty and said that to them, they'd be looking for a new church. <laughs> First Samuel, chapter number 21. Let's stand a moment tonight. First Samuel 21. I've, I've only got half a message to preach to you, so you'd think I'd, we'd, we'd be done here in just a minute. The man's only got half a message to give me. Ain't that a blessing? First Samuel, chapter number 21, verse number 1. Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David. And said unto him, Why art thou alone, and no man with thee? <clears throat> and David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king hath commanded me a business. I'll give you a little background in a moment, but this is not true. David is running from Saul. David is fearful. He's run out of, uh, out of the courts of Saul, out of the presence of Saul. And he's come to a little portion of land that belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. He's come to the sanctuary where there's about 86 priests, the Bible said, and their wives and children, they're living there uh, at, the, uh, at the temple, or the, not the temple at that time, the tabernacle, and uh, David flees to the church. I guess when you're in trouble, a good place to go is to the church. He comes to Nob and the priest, Ahimelech, says, what are you doing here? And he says, Saul sent me here. That's an untruthful statement. Saul did not send him there. He's there in hiding. David said unto Ahimelech, the priest, the king hath commanded me a business and hath said unto me, let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee and what I have commanded thee. And I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now therefore, what is under thine hand, <clears throat> what is under thine hand, give me five loaves of bread in mine hand, or what there is present. And then uh, let's let's go with me to chapter twenty-two. Read a few verses in chapter twenty-two uh, tonight as well. Uh, chapter twenty-two, and uh, let, we'll start reading in uh, verse number twelve. I'll catch you up with what's happened. David has. Uh, received uh, the bread from the priest. He's received the sword of Goliath from the priest. I guess when you go to church, 
Uh, you can find bread there. I guess when you go to church, you'll find the sword there. And he has left on his way, still running out of fear for Saul. And someone has said, I saw David at church. And uh, that's where he's at. Saul shows up and wants to talk to the priest. He says, I want you to tell me why you've assisted my enemy, David. So now we're in chapter 22, verse 12. And Saul said, Hear now, thou son of Ahitub. And he answered, Here I am, my Lord. And Saul said unto him, Why have you conspired against me, thou and the son of Jesse, in that thou hast given him bread and a sword, and hast inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait as at this day? Then Ahimelech answered the king. Notice his answer and said, And who is so faithful? Talking about learning to be loved. Who is so faithful among all thy servants is David, which is the king's son-in-law, and goeth at thy bidding, and is honorable in thine house? Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Be it far from me, let not the king impute anything unto his servant, nor to all the house of my father, for thy servant knew nothing of all this less and more. The king said, Thou shalt surely die, Himelech, thou and all thy father's house. And the king said unto the footmen that stood about him, Turn and slay the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David. Kill the priests because they love David. That's what he's saying. Their hand is with David. Verse 18, the king said to Doeg, Turn thou and fall upon the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned and he fell upon the priests and slew on that day fourscore and five persons that did wear linen ephod. And Nob the city of priests smote he with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children and sucklings and oxen and asses and sheep with the edge of the sword. And one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Ahitub, Ahitub, Named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priests. David said unto Abiathar, I, I notice this, I want you to see it. David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned. It is my fault. I am responsible for the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Lord Jesus, I need you tonight. I pray God you'd help. Lord, we've heard wonderful preaching. Lord God, I pray God you'd help me tonight, Lord, just to say for a few moments what needs to be said. God, I pray, Lord, for power. I pray for strength. I pray for unction. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give me uh, what I need and give us what we need. And We'll thank you for it in Christ's name. You can be seated tonight. I will do the very best that I can to move as quickly as I can tonight through this thought. But I want to finish with the Lord's help on learning to be loved. God will put people in your life. We saw last night that not everybody in your life will love you the same as everybody. But God will put people in your life as He promotes you in your life. God will put people there. And they will love you in ways uh, that are sometimes a, a blessing and sometimes uh, inconsistent. 
And yet God will raise you up in somebody's life and your, and your love that you will receive, uh, you'll have to learn how to receive it because it will be different than what you're used to. Uh, learning to be loved because the people who love us are individuals. They're not the same. Uh, I'm not going to preach it again, but I'll say it so you can understand what I mean by it. Not everybody's going to love you like your mother or your father, and you can't expect that kind of love out of everybody that you go to church with. Some people will look over your faults and because they love you, but some people will major on your faults and it don't mean that they don't love you. God may have put them there to reveal faults in your life to you that you need revealed. I'll be honest, if everybody has got to walk on eggshells around you, you are destined for trouble. There needs to be people in your life can talk straight to you, can talk honest with you. Everybody in your life ought not have to submit to you. There's people in my life that submit to my authority, but I need a whole lot of people, at least a handful of people whose authority I still submit to. I'm grateful for the way my children love me, but I don't need my... I don't need my preacher to love me like my boy loves me. Huh? Uh, there's, some, there's some preachers and there's some Christians that even the people who ought to be their authority are loving them uh, uh, in a way that, 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 that is not beneficial to them. Everybody needs a preacher. Everybody needs a pastor. You're not arrived to the point where can't somebody be honest with you and tell you, hey, this is not right in your life. You'll have to learn that because it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy to be loved like that. Uh, but the people who love you, and that's what I want to look at tonight, are not only are they individuals, but they are influential. People will love you so much. People will love you in such a way that your life will influence them. Is, 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 uh, is Grizz here tonight? I don't see him. I wish he was here tonight. Uh, when, 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 when God, I enjoyed sitting over there talking with him last night. Boy, ain't that a blessing what God's done for him? Amen. Saved him and changed his life. Somebody tell him I said it. When he comes back tomorrow, that the preacher that preached tonight was talking about how wonderful it was to hear that God can reach down in a mess and save somebody. But, but when a fella comes in like that, he don't know anything about anything. But what I wanted to tell him tonight is if he'll hang around here, if he'll hang around preaching, if he'll hang around church, if he'll hang around the people of God, somewhere down the line somebody will say, not just, hey, there's old Grizz. Somebody will say, hey, there's Brother Grizz. Let's go see what he thinks. Because he knows something about the goodness of God. When you started out, you was a nobody. When you started out, you was a shepherd in a field. Brother Robbie talked to us about David. He's a shepherd in a field. David is over just a handful of few little sheep when he begins. But he's been prepared. It's not the case now. People are singing 
Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens thousands. People are saying David is going to secede Saul as king. People are looking to David as their leader. Now he has influence in a way he's never had. Because people love him. And you can't act. Y'all just going to have to bear with me tonight. I'm going to preach the best I can. You can't act when people love you and you've got influence like you did when nobody knew you and you had no influence. That's right. When nobody knew who you were and you walked in the doors of Canaan Baptist Church and you was a messed up, dope head strung out, but God in mercy and grace saved you, washed you in the blood and changed who you were and you didn't know anything. You could just act any old way you wanted. But now you've got, now you've got a Sunday school class. Now you work at the church. Now you're a preacher. Now God has promoted you. Now God has laid His hand on you and people look up to you and love you in a way that you influence them. You can't keep doing what you was doing. Because what you are doing now matters in their life. Let me tell you what happened here, and I'll tell it to you real quickly. David is on the run from Saul, and he shows up to the, to the church where the priests are and thinks if I can get some help, surely I can get it at the church. I know there's bread down there. There's always bread at the church. Thank God there's bread at the church. I've been around and got me some loaves of bread. I mean, I I got me some armfuls of loaves of bread. I'm going to carry some back to the house tomorrow. That's what I plan on doing. I done been back there writing stuff down. I've been, I've been, I've been taking note on some bread I got and some stuff I'm gonna take back. I'm gonna put it in a little dish. I'm gonna put it in a little dish. I'm gonna put it in a trumpet and blow it out across the congregation tomorrow night down there where I preach. I'm gonna put it in a trumpet cannon. <laughs> Goes down there and he. He finds there Ahimelech, and Ahimelech knows him when he gets there. There's a time when if David would have showed up at the priest's house, if he'd have showed up at the church, wouldn't nobody have known who David was, but he shows up and automatically Ahimelech knows who he is. You used to show up in places and nobody knew who you were. Now you show up and people know who you are. I don't know, it don't sound like party time no more. I'm killing the party. And I don't mean I like, I want to, I want I wish I could say something different tonight. I really do. I wish I could say something different tonight. I wish it had got on. I was hoping we was going to get on and run. I was thinking, Brother Robert just preached the house down. We was going to get on and run. But I knew in my gut, I knew in my heart that the Holy Ghost was going to make me preach this. You hear me tonight? He shows up. He shows up and Ahimelech knows who he is. And Ahimelech is afraid. Why is he afraid? Because it's awful awkward that the son-in-law of the king, 
The man who killed Goliath. The man who has been the king's cupbearer. The man who has played the harp for the king. He's married to the king's daughter. It is awful awkward and weird that he has showed up alone. Have you ever been around somebody and there was tension? And you didn't know what was going on. You don't know what you just walked into. But you can tell. You ever on Sunday morning watched a couple walk into church and you don't know what they're fighting about in the car before they got in. But you know, God, if, if you don't help them and they don't get right with you this morning, one of them is going to kill one or the other before they leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Uh, don't you reckon that Saul is throwing javelins at David and Jonathan is hiding him and Michael's hiding him and don't you reckon that even in the little nation of Israel word has gotten down to the church because people that go to church talk and somebody said I don't know but I heard that Saul don't like David no more huh Saul's been saying stuff about David and David's been running and David's been hiding and Michael's been saving David's life and Jonathan's been saving David's life and people in Israel are talking about it. And now here comes David. David's got some power but there's somebody got more than David's got. Saul. And Ahimelech becomes afraid because David has showed up and he knows I'm about to be in the middle of World War. But I guess that would have been World War I then, wouldn't it? I'm about to be in the middle of it. He's afraid. And so he asked David, what are you doing here? And why are you alone? And Brother Curtis, David lies. I'm talking about the man hadn't done nothing wrong up to this point. I'm talking about the man has been in the right. He's not hated because of anything he's done. He's not done anything wrong up to this point. He's acted and behaved himself wisely. The Holy Ghost, let that be put in your Bible, that David behaved himself wisely. But now he looks at the preacher, the priest, who obviously loves him because when Saul shows up, he said, there ain't no more faithful servant than David. And he looks at somebody. Ahimelech knows something's wrong. But because of who David is, David's able to look at him in his eyeballs and lie to him. And Ahimelech lets him lie to him because of who David is. When people love you, when people respect you, when people think highly of you, uh, when you have influence in their life, uh, you better be careful because you can lie to them. You can deceive them. uh, And they will let you deceive them. uh, They will let you deceive them because of who you are. Ahimelech knows something ain't right. He knows in his heart something ain't right. I don't know what it is, but something ain't right. And he asks David, and David says, there ain't nothing wrong between me and the king. Everything between me and the king's all right. As a matter of fact, he sent me here on business. I'm here on business. Now find me some bread and a sword and send me on my way. You've got to learn how to be loved because when people love you, you will have influence in their life. And your influence can be deceptive. You can lie to people that you wouldn't normally be able to lie to. You can't lie to just anybody. Some people ain't going to listen to your lie. But you can lie to people like Ahimelech 
who's looking to you is ain't nobody greater than David. How did it get to be that way? I'll tell you a couple of reasons how. One day, David's out on the backside of a field, and don't nobody know who he is. And he's got some sheep, and his daddy gave them to him. And he's out there content, and he's got him a little harp, and he's got him a staff and a rod and a slingshot. And he's been out there practicing that slingshot, preparing in them plain days. And he's been out there serving God, and he's been out there. And you say, how's he serving God? Because he's serving his daddy. He's serving God because he's serving his daddy. Mom and daddy, you got great expectations of your children growing up and serving God. They probably ought to learn how to serve you and learn how to serve, learn how to serve folks in the church. David is out there and Samuel shows up. I don't have time to preach. Are y'all all right? Samuel shows up and, and they bring David uh, after, after they've gone through all the big brothers of David. Uh, Samuel said, this still ain't the one. And they go get David and they bring little David into the house and saw, uh, Samuel takes that anointing oil and pours it on the head of David. And David is anointed with the power of God to one day be king. Not long after that, David goes out and kills a lion and a bear with the power of God. You can't do that by yourself. You can't do that by yourself. I got news for you. You might be big and bad, but you can't kill a lion and you can't kill a bear and you can't kill Goliath by yourself. Power is the only thing. And when God puts power in your life, other people will recognize it. Other spiritual people will recognize it. Unspiritual people will recognize it. And God's put power on David's life. And Ahimelech knows it. And he's got to be thinking, now it looks like David's in trouble. Y'all got to hear me. Are you listening to me? It looks like David's in trouble. My eyes are telling me that David's in trouble. My heart is telling me that David's in trouble. But because of the power in David's line, Ahimelech said, but I've seen God use him. He marched down there and killed that lion. He marched down there and killed that bear. He marched down there and killed Goliath in the power of God. God has used him. There's no way God could use him and then him stand here and lie to me, to my face. Is that not our question? How can God use him? I mean, we find out somebody's fallen in sin. We find out somebody has made a mess of their marriage or their ministry and great sin has come into their life. And and we look at them and we knew something was coming. We knew something was wrong. But we can't understand because there's so much power. There's so much power in their life. People with power, they're not always deceptive, but they can be. And if God gives you power in your life, and it may just be in your home to your children, but if God gives you power, you can deceive people into thinking everything's all right between you and the king. (laughs) Promotion. I'm not going to preach that, but God had promoted David. Position. Well, he's the king's son-in-law. I'm going to believe what he said. Huh? Well, he's so-and-so. 
Well, he's a missionary. He's a preacher. Well, he's a deacon at the church. Well, he sings in the choir. Well, well, she teaches in the school. Well, she teaches the class. Well, she sings in the choir. Well, she's been serving God for 50 years. I understand all of that. And that all that means is, well, thank God for that. But you've got power and you've got position in somebody's life. I do not think that David went down there to lie to him. But in order to save his own skin... He was willing to lie to him. Um, are you all right? You have to learn how to be loved. Because the people who love you, you can influence them. And I want to stop right here and say this. Thank God you can influence them in the right way. You can influence them in the right direction. You can influence them toward God. You can influence them to serve God. But you also can also influence them in a deceptive way. Because it is beneficial to you. And so you deceive them. His influence was deceptive, but not only was his influence deceptive, his influence was destructive. He looks at the king, or he looks at Ahimelech, and he lies to him, and he says, give me some bread and give me a sword. Ahimelech gives him bread and a sword because David said, I'm on business from the king. I'm here to do a job that Saul sent me. And, and Ahimelech's in his mind, he said, I know this can't be true, but this man's got power. This man's got position. Surely this man would not lead me astray. I think we're going to get to the judgment seat one day and there's going to be a whole lot of people, preachers included, that's going to have to give an account for some people whose lives were destroyed because they were led astray by somebody with power. This is, this is depressing, ain't it? This ain't camp meeting. Exciting preaching, I know. Um, his influence is destructive. There's a righteous man, and his influence destroys his life. A righteous man's life. Are you hearing me? There are righteous men looking at you. There are righteous people looking at you. Ahimelech is a priest. Ahimelech is a servant of God. Ahimelech is there serving God. And he wants to serve God. And, he's, and he loves David because David is serving God. And he loves David because David is serving God's king. And he is after the will of God, the best I can tell. Yeah. And David's influence is destructive in a righteous man's life. Not only his life, but 85 other priests' life. As a matter of fact, it is only one that survives. It is the son of Ahimelech. And he's the one who tells David later on, David, I don't know if you know this, but when you left, Saul showed up. And because you lied to Ahimelech, Saul killed him. And not only to kill him, he killed his family. And he killed 85 other priests and their family and all the goods that belong to them. Is that not why we get so upset? 
Because there are men uh, who know better. And they're on Facebook tonight. There, there are men who know better. And they're in pulpits tonight. There are people who know better. And there's some that ought to be in this place tonight. And they're not here. And they have influence on a generation of people that want to serve God. And if we're not careful, we will influence people in a destructive way. Well, I'm just who I am. Well, God changed who you are. And you ought not just be who you are or who you were because now you have influence and people's watching you. And I could talk about that Facebook crowd. I could talk about that crowd that's not here. But let's just talk about this crowd that is here. Let's just talk about the men and the ladies who are here tonight. When you started out, all you wanted to do was serve God. When you started out, you wanted to serve God with all that was in you. But uh, situations and circumstances have led in your life to where now you're looking out for you and it don't make a difference what destruction it brings to others. I shouldn't be that mean to David because it does make a difference to David. It does. Just not when it needs to. He is responsible for the destruction of Ahimelech and all his help servants. Not only is he responsible for the destruction of a righteous man, but let's talk about the unrighteous man, Doeg. Doeg's a wicked man. I know that to be true. I'll tell you how I know it because Saul looked at all the servants of his own servants and he said, I want one of y'all to go kill Ahimelech and the rest of that crowd and not one of them boys would go do that except one. And that one was Doeg, the Edomite. The Edomite, Doeg, he said, I'll do it. And Saul said, I want you to kill them all. And Edomite did that uh, and he went down there and killed all of them. Did you know you go back and read it. Did you know that when Saul is, or when David is there before Ahimelech, and he's lying to the face of Ahimelech, that Doeg is in the background in chapter 21, and he's watching. And after David gets, go read it. After David gets done lying to Ahimelech, David sees Doeg. And you know his heart sinks, because be sure your sin will find you out. And he sees Saul's servant, Doeg, after he just got done lying to the preacher. He's lying to the preacher and he looks over and there's Doeg. And when Saul says, does anybody know where David is? Doeg says, I know where he's at. I saw him down at church. I was down at church and I saw Doeg down at church lying to the preacher. I went down to church, says the sinner. Oh, y'all going to have to... I went down to church, says the sinner, and I seen David, and he's lying to the preacher. And, uh, and uh, I saw him, and I want you to know that's where he's at. And when Saul says, I want somebody to go kill the preacher, though I apparently don't see no difference in him and the preacher. I wonder what would have happened, hypothetically. I don't know. Doeg's a wicked man, but all sinners are wicked. And so was I, by, by the, for the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wonder what would have happened hypothetically. I'm nearly done preaching. If y'all got just a few more, are y'all all right? Please. I wonder what would have happened if Doeg standing in the shadows looking at the king's son-in-law. And, and Ahimelech would have said, David, what are you doing here? And David would have bowed his head and said, I'll be honest with you. I'm a man scared. I'm a man running. I don't want to be like this. I love the king. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to do right when nobody's looking because he didn't know anybody was looking. I'm going to do right when nobody's looking because he didn't know that nobody was looking. And he just said, oh, I'm sorry, but I need help. I come down here because I need help. If he'd have been honest, I wonder if the heart of Doeg would have been squeezed by the Holy Ghost. And he just said, that man there is genuine. He didn't have to do that, but he did. I'm going to make a little statement to you tonight. Not only is David responsible in part for the destruction of the righteous man, but there's a sinful man watching him. And he's influencing him as much as he's influencing the righteous man who loves him. If you think there ain't people in your town watching you, if you think there ain't people in your church watching you, if you think there ain't people on your pew watching you, if you think there ain't people in your school watching you, you've got another thing coming. You say, it don't matter what I do. It matters what you do. It don't matter what I say. It matters what you say. It don't matter who I am. It matters who you are. It don't matter who I run with. It matters who you run with. I've walked away from folks that were some of the dearest friends I had. Not because I'm somebody, but I had to look out there at a congregation of young preachers and look at them and know that if I run with that crowd, I'd have to take them with me. And I had to say bye to that crowd because God gave me influence. I didn't separate from them because I don't love them. I didn't separate from them because I don't like them. I didn't separate from them because I don't think they're because I don't think that they're fun to be with. I separated because I got influence. I didn't ask for it. I didn't sign up for it. God gave it to me. He gave it to you, and you better do right with the influence you got. I don't nobody know who I am. Thank again. Don't nobody care who I am. Thank again. You got influence. <laughs> Ty, brother Robert, do you remember the night at our youth meeting at our place when Kyle and Ty got to shouting that night? Miss Chris, y'all remember that night at our place? And them boys, right before they went to Washington, and they was just boys, and they got to shouting and worshiping. And uh, God moved in there that night. We scared, some, we scared some older brothers. It was party time that night, and there's some older brothers got scared. They didn't go to my church, but they went to church not too far from my church, and they, they got up in the middle of church and walked out. You having church when the older brother gets scared. Yeah. Right. Kyle, do you remember that night? And your daddy went over and got you and 
And uh, Ty, you remember that night? Y'all shouting, praising God. They didn't nobody know who you boys were then. Oh, I want you to hear me because I love you. They didn't nobody know who Ty Chastain and Kyle Burton was then. But you boys have stood up. Stone, you boys, Eli, you boys have stood up. And you've preached in the power of God. I'm gonna tell you, I've heard every one of these young men preach and, and worship and shout and, 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 and go to church in the power of God. But I've heard you fellas be and serve and operate in the power of God. They may not have known who you was then. You say, preacher, I ain't but 15. I ain't but 16. I ain't but 17. I ain't but 18. Dylan, it makes no difference. You might have started out small and nobody knew who you were, but they know who you are now. They've watched you run a lap around this building. They've listened to you preach. They've gone to an altar because of something you said. You have influence. And it matters. Are you hearing me? David's influence was deceptive. He knew he could lie. And he'd believe him because of who he was. His influence was destructive. But I want to say something to you tonight, and I'll close. Well, let me say this. I'll say this, tell you this little short story, and I'll say one more thing, and I'm done. That's the plan. Years ago, many of you have heard me tell this story. It's one of my favorite stories to tell. It's one of the favorite things that ever has happened to me. Years ago, I was, um, Brother John Dorsey was preaching for me. My brother Caleb was going to our church at that time. And I was uh, sitting at the huddle house one night with John Dorsey and my brother Caleb when we were talking. And uh, I got to telling Brother John about when God called me to preach at 16, my daddy, I called my daddy that night and he's later apologized and asked me for forgiveness. And God's done a work in his heart. He's still... Got a long ways to go, but God's helping him. I'm grateful for it. And uh, I remember I called him that night. I said, Daddy, I said, uh, I went in there. I didn't have a cell phone at the time. I went in there and borrowed the church phone. The night I surrendered to preach, and I called my daddy that night from church. And he answered. I called him on the house line. and I said, Daddy, he said, who is this? I said, it's Josh. He said, where are you calling me from? I said, the church. What happened? You don't ordinarily get your calls from the church. I said, Daddy, God called me to preach, and I surrendered. Here's what he said. I thought God called me to preach when I was your age, too. I was wrong. You must be, too. Hung up. You know why? Because when you do stuff that other people were supposed to do, it puts them under conviction. Some of these folks that's mad at you are really not mad at you. They're mad at themselves because you do what they should have been doing. I, I, I preached in my hometown where people knew me. My grandpa pastored and, 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 and I was in a good circle, Brother Joe, of, of men. So there were men who knew me and they, they preached out of kindness. It wasn't that I was a great preacher, but they preached, out of, they preached me out of kindness to me. And so we want you to come and and preach for us. And, and I, that night I booked about four Sunday meetings. I was so excited and scared at the same time. And uh, 
I remember as time went by, I, it got worse between me and my dad. And I remember God would open a door for me to preach on a Sunday night. And my daddy would say, no, you got stuff to do here at the house. And he wouldn't let me go to church. True. He wouldn't let me go to church. And I'd have to call a preacher and I'd say, brother, I'm so sorry. But my dad said, I can't come. I stay here. From church. That's bad. I'll tell you what I'd do. He'd say, go up there in the barn and I want you to brush down them horses. I want you to go clean up that stable. I want you to go wash them horses. If you've ever known anything about horses, if you keep them in a stall, you can wash them. If you keep them in a pasture, you're wasting your time. We kept them in a pasture. He said, I want you to go up there and wash them horses. Just anything to keep me from coming to church. And I'd go up there and I'd be so broken hearted. And I'd get to working in there in that barn. And I'd, it's just me. And I'd, I'd take the text I was going to preach that night. <laughs> and I'd go to preaching. And I'd get to preaching in such a way that God would meet in that barn with me. I ain't lying to you. God would meet in that barn with me and them animals. <laughs> on a Sunday night, when I had to call the preacher on the phone and say, I can't come. God, the Holy Ghost would show up and uh, I'd preach in the Holy Ghost unction. I had some of the best services I ever had by myself in the barn with a bunch of barnyard animals. I was telling that story, Brother Dorsey, at the Huddle House in Waynesboro where I pastored one night and my brother Caleb bowed his head. (laughs) I'm talking about you got influence you don't know you have. And he said, I don't reckon I ever told you. I was preaching the night Caleb got saved at Gospel Wade Baptist Church. Brother Lamar Dietz's church in Ringo. I was preaching that night and, 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 and my brother Caleb come to hear me sit on the back row and come down the aisle, run down the aisle that night and got saved. He said, I don't know what you said. He said, but when they started singing just as I am, I knew I had to come and get, get saved, give my life to Christ. Yeah. We said, he could move down there with us and we said, Huddle house at nine. We were sitting there and I was telling Brother John and Caleb said, I never have told you this. He said, but on more than one occasion. He said, I'd slip up there by the barn. He said, I'd hear you preaching. He said, the first time I ever got under Holy Ghost conviction. You can call him tonight. You can call Brother John if he remember. He said, the first time I ever got under Holy Ghost conviction. He said, you was preaching in the barn by yourself. <laughs> it matters what you do because somebody's watching you lastly his influence was discernible verse chapter 22 verse 22 and David said unto Abiathar I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasion. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Are you looking at your Bible? I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. I knew it that day. I have occasioned. 
You better learn to be loved because your love, people who love you will be influential. And your influence, if like David's, can be deceptive. It can be destructive. But it can be discerned. There can't nobody say David didn't know. At that moment, he might have said, well, I don't know. But when the rubber met the road and he had to answer for it, he said, I knew it that day. You know what you're doing. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Well, you are hearing me. You're hearing me. We know what we do. I knew it that day. I have occasion the death of all thy father's servants. All 85 of them priests and all their wives and children, it's my fault, their blood on my hands. David, a young man who's going to be king, and God's going to get him past this day, and God's going to use him in great might and great power, but he'll never forget this day. He'll never forget this day when he had to learn that being loved comes with responsibility. Amen. And you can't be what you used to be. Because somebody needs you to be what God called you to be. Right. Or they'll die without Christ and go to hell. Right. Too much is given, much is required. Lord, oh God, I have preached myself under conviction tonight. Lord, I preach myself under conviction tonight because there is blood on my hands with the influence of my life. And I knew it that day. Lord, help us tonight. Oh, God, help us.